somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. Well, and you know, that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and it is Election Day. So this is a big day, folks. This is a, absolutely it's a big day, and uh, I hope that everybody is ready to vote and be part of the red tsunami or the red wave. We have some new uh, final election poll numbers. A couple of interesting things about the uh Poll numbers. Uh, two things. Poll numbers are under recording Republicans. And the reason why the pollsters are not getting a straight answer from the Republican, uh, Republicans who respond to these polls, is because people are afraid of being put on a Gestapo list, the Stasi police list. So, you know, if you say you're a uh, Trump supporter or if you say that you support um, border security or any of those things, you're liable to be put on a uh, terrorist watch list by the FBI. So the unintended consequence of living in a police state like the one we've been living in for a long time, and it didn't start with Joe Biden, it, it it really started when Trump came down the escalator and basically became a threat to the globalist movement, the deep state movement. Globalism, deep state, they're all really part of the same thing. When Chuck Schumer said the intelligence community has six ways till Sunday to getting back at you, you know, he people thought he was blustering. Well, he was telling the truth. We live in a very corrupt society. We have a very corrupt CIA. We have a fraudulent IRS. We have a corrupt FBI and an, a politicized DOJ. And we have rigged elections as a result of it. You know, right now there's a new report that says there's a... a, a 
drone or a plane, uh, an unidentified flying object over Maricopa County. Could they be dropping ballots that way? Who knows? It's not comforting when France comes out and says, we don't believe that computerized election machines are secure. Because, you know, you don't have that chain of custody. When your vote goes into some sort of computer, anybody down that chain of command that has access to a modem or uh, can access the uh, voting machines through Wi-Fi, it presents a problem. Anytime you have liberals, which we know work at Dominion voting machines, running the show, and are the, they're the only ones that have access to the back end, or the kernel, or the uh, you know the infrastructure of the software, then you know that you might have a problem. And I believe we've seen a lot of that in the 2020 election. This is the first election since the 2020 election. Not quite technically, because we did get uh, there are mayor, mayoral, mayoral, and gubernatorial races that fall in odd years, but. For the most part, you know, this is the first big test. Will they blow their wad? Will they actually show their hand on a midterm election? One would think that they, you know, in order to get the agenda through, the globalist agenda through America, and in order to push all these things, and in order to sidestep justice, for the Democrats, this is an all or nothing thing. And when you hear these world leaders talking about we're running out of time, this is a race against uh, humanity, this is because uh, this could be the end of democracy. What they're saying is, is that Trump was never supposed to win. Trump was never supposed to win, and the problem is, is that if you get Trumpians in the House and Senate and you get control of the House and Senate, you no longer get to end the filibuster, you no longer get to pack the courts, you no longer get to push your green agenda in the way that the globalists would like you to, because a lot of this stuff is going to get blockaded, it's going to get contested at the Supreme Court level. I mean, you know, we have an opportunity today on Election Day to get back, take back the House and the Senate. And we have control of the Supreme Court. The only thing we don't have is the White House, and we can neutralize that. And we could also coerce that, and we can have leverage over that with new investigations into J6, into the open border policies that they've been lying about into the election fraud in earnest. Because the 2020 investigation is not over. And the J6 infiltration from the FBI, not an insurrection. And then you got this other big deal. People were talking about President Trump's speech in Ohio, in Dayton, last night. 
where he talked about he talked about the future of America, but he talked about his announcement that he's going to make on November 15th. And so rather than talk about a lot of these things, I have a lot of these clips lined up. And then you got the boneheadedly stupid decisions made by the left where they're saying inflation's not as bad as it seems. You could eat Chef Boyardee. Uh, yeah, you should have enough to get by. Um, we're not going to drill for oil. Never again will we drill for oil. Coal, we're going to put coal out of business. People just want Biden to shut up on the left because it's like they're trying to win Ohio and they're trying to win Pennsylvania. And it is interesting you know, there's no pickup in Ohio, and there's no pickup in Pennsylvania, although those are very important races. We need to hold, hold them, hold the fort. Makes me think of uh, uh, Braveheart or uh, Gladiator. Hold, you know, let them come closer. But in any case, what it is is the... Uh, the states, Pennsylvania and Ohio, <clears throat> they are uh, they are they are already Republican. Toomey, you know, in Pennsylvania and Portman in Ohio, they were not great senators. And frankly, I don't think that J.D. Vance is going to be the greatest senator. But I would definitely take him over Tim Ryan. And even President Trump said, "Yeah, he was not always my buddy, but I'm going to endorse him. He's the guy that can win." And I believe that is true. No matter how much I don't like J.D. Vance, I believe he was the guy that could fundraise the most and get it done against Tim Ryan. And, and by all accounts, that's, uh, that's looking like a shoe-in to win. So that's good. At least we have that, right? So Pennsylvania and Ohio, believe it or not, those states are not pickups. That's not what we need. You know what we need? We need a pickup in in Nevada. Laxalt. We need him to win. We need a pickup in Arizona. We need to get rid of Kelly and put Blake Masters in. You know where else we need a pickup? We need a pickup. We need to get rid of that socialist Warnock and put Herschel Walker in in Georgia. And then believe it or not, we have an opportunity in New Hampshire over Hassan with this guy Boldak. I've never heard his name before. And all of a sudden, Boldak is neck and neck. And then you got a few other races. This could be one for the ages. I woke up this morning at about 5.45 in the morning Eastern time in Arlington, Virginia. And let me tell you something. The first thing I did was I went outside because my balcony couldn't see where I needed to see to get a get a picture of that red moon. And I posted it up on my Twitter account. It's right up there. You'll see the time and everything. But I posted, I took a, said, that's got to stand for something. We're not going to see another red moon in three years. I, that's got to, that's telling me something. What are the tea leaves on that? And then, of course, that 1.9 billion Powerball, they couldn't even run the balls last night because they had so many sales. But in any case, um, 
they're they're, they're going to make an announcement on on that today, I guess at some point. But uh, Powerball um, is kind of interesting. A lot of things are you know happening, but the red moon is a bit of a sign. Red wave, red moon, red tsunami. Right, we're going to get there. But the states that we have a great opportunity on. Again, Murkowski's not a pickup. I, I'm I'm rooting for Chewbacca over Murkowski. Cocaine Mitch, um, you know, Cocaine Mitch, you know where he got his name, right? Well, the foremost group was his wife's company that ran this shipping company through the Asian seas. And one of them got pulled over and they were busted for smuggling drugs. I don't know. You know, it, it is how he got his name, Cocaine Mitch. But, you know, he and the rhinos like Paul Ryan, who is now head of Tenio and and uh, is a big, huge globalist. What a loser Paul Ryan became. And Mitt Romney, all of them, Evan McMullen, the guy that was endorsed by J.D. Vance, who's running against Mike Lee. None of those states are going to be pickups. Utah, Alaska. Um, those are a bunch of rhinos. Susan Collins in Maine's not up for a race. It's great It's great to get rid of some of these rhinos, though. Like, Portman wasn't the greatest senator from Ohio, and, and uh, Toomey was certainly a lousy senator from Pennsylvania, so-called rhinos, or so-called Republicans, but right in name only. So we're, we're, you know, but Oz is not the biggest MAGA, and neither is J.D. Vance. But kudos to Donald Trump for actually standing up and campaigning for these guys and really putting country first. Can we say, can we say that? Can we, can we actually make that claim? Who deserves to be a president more than Donald Trump right now? Who? Is it Ron DeSantis? I don't think so. I don't think Ron DeSantis has nearly the chops that Trump does, number one. Number two, this whole rhetoric from the left saying, we want to run against MAGA uh, candidates. Well, how's that working out for you with Bulldog in New Hampshire? How's that working out with Kerry Lake in Arizona? Huh? Or Blake Masters? You know, the MAGA candidates are the ones that are actually winning when they, where they normally don't. So, no. Thank you very much. But, you know... Uh, even even Ron DeSantis, you know, said that basically he went further to the right. He was in an interview yesterday, and he said the way they went, ran wasn't what what um, uh, Luntz, you know, uh, uh, the Frank Luntz, the pollster who's good friends with the Rhino uh, Carl Rove, and who's in bed, you know, with Paul Ryan and all that. And uh, Kevin McCarthy was roommates with Kevin McCarthy in D.C. Frank Luntz, you know. We got to get rid of Kevin McCarthy, too, and put somebody else in there uh, for speaker if we take back the House today. But Frank Luntz said, you got to move to the left, move to the center. The right needs to do that. They need to equivocate. They need to concede some of the, uh, uh, and, and compromise. There's no compromising with the liberals. They don't compromise. 
They pull out every dirty trick in the book. And now we're hearing that these election results are going to be late. If France can count with paper ballots on the day of the, what the heck are we doing with these computers that could be so easily hacked? Huh? Where's the chain of custody? It's gotten so bad even that uh, Fetterman, he is suing Pennsylvania right now because he wants all the ballots that don't have good signatures and that aren't properly dated to count. Of course, that's just, you know, anytime you can actually lend yourself to fraud, you have to say no to that. And I got a correction here. Someone texted me and said, correction, Alaska is a pickup if the right Republican wins out with out with Lisa. Well, no, I mean, technically she's a Republican, though, right? But I appreciate the uh, text. Thank you for that. I think the guy's name was John that texted in there. Yeah, Lisa Murkowski is about as liberal as the Susan Collins, right? And uh, she answers to Dianne Feinstein if you if photographs and body language or any indication. I've seen that photograph. Um, let's take a listen. We have a lot of clips I want to play and I want to explain them to you. Um, first, we're going to get to Donald Trump. Donald Trump made a big announcement last night. And he also last night did not say DeSanctimonious. He said DeSantis. All right. And I, I want to make a comment about that. Yesterday's show got uh, sort of fried a little bit, but I don't know what you heard and what you didn't hear. Uh, parts of it were. Yeah, and the podcast is up, but we had some trouble with that show. Uh, but in any case, technical technical issues. Um, but let's take a listen to what Donald Trump had to say, because um, a lot of rumor was going around. People were trolling the Internet. Uh, trying to suggest that he was going to make the announcement then. But, you know, when it was shown that Melania and Barron weren't there, or Ivanka, well, that's a, he's going to make the announcement at Mar-a-Lago on November 15th. That's tu- next Tuesday. Let's take a listen. Specifically including the election of all the people that I'm going to name. I'm going to be making a very big announcement on Tuesday... November 15th at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. We want nothing to detract from the importance of tomorrow. You understand that, J.D.? So... He was there to promote J.D. and J.D. Vance. And he made that announcement. It's an announcement of an announcement. And uh, so he's going to run. And, you know, it's kind of a... Now, I'm going to get to the desanctimonious thing here. Because a lot of people need to... uh, Well, a lot of people want to hear my particular take on it. And, uh, well, first, let's uh, let's listen to what Donald Trump says here about standing up to the growing left-wing tyranny, okay? Every freedom 
loving America needs to understand the time to stand up to this growing left-wing tyranny is right now. If you want to save your rights and liberties, you have to start by dealing a really humiliating rebuke to the radical left in this upcoming election on Tuesday. Yeah, it's an opportunity to make a statement. With every tough competition, it's an opportunity to actually make a statement. And that's what we are faced against. We're faced against a very, very tough situation. Now, um, Trump just called... Okay, so this is the other day. Trump called Ron DeSantis, you know, a in Latropia he was... He called out Ron DeSanctimonious, who's reading the polls. He's 71%. Um, Ron DeSantis, who, Ron DeSantis is great Florida in terms of polls. And I think he's the greatest governor uh, that we've seen, really. I mean, not just the greatest of all 50 states. I'm a huge fan of DeSantis. Um, And... I think he's one of the great, he's the, definitely, the, without a doubt, the greatest governor that we have in our country today. He's one of the best governors I think we've ever seen. And kudos to Ron DeSantis. And I think he'll make a great president. So long as he actually understands that MAGA is his path. DeSantis needs to understand that MAGA is his path. And I've heard rumors, I've heard rumors that he was trying, he was aligning himself with Paul Ryan and Karl Rove and, 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 and Mitch McConnell and people like that. And we want Paul Ryan and Karl Rove and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy out of our party. It's Trump's party. And everybody knows it. Because I love America First policies. I am an anti-globalist. And these people I just mentioned, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, they all endorse and support some form of globalism. They buy into this whole climate hoax. They fell for the COVID hoax. They, uh, you know, dramatize the Ukrainian call and make it a debatable issue when it's not. They lack common sense and they cater uh, to the whims of the left when it comes to open borders. They're not getting the job done. So therefore, you know, one of the roots of all evil is, is the globalism movement. Tying in the globalism with COVID pandemic, COVID pandemic with vaccine proof. Vaccine proof lends itself to social credit score systems. Social credit score systems become part of another array of calculating how much carbon footprint you're allowed to have. And this whole climate thing is just yet another ruse to control businesses and control people regulate businesses and control people. And so long as you're on the other side, so long as you're on the uh, the uh, side of the oppressor, you're going to be just fine. But if you're one of the oppressed, you're not going to be very fine. 
So let's take a listen to this clip. And again, this is a few days old, but... Trump at 71, Ron DeSanctimonious at 10%, Mike Pence at 7 Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. All right, so he throws a little shade to Mike Pence, who's a loser. And... Uh, and we all like DeSantis. Can we agree? We, we do like DeSantis. But if he, here's a couple of things you have to understand about what, the, what just happened there, DeSanctimonious. Okay. Yesterday he called him DeSantis. And in Miami, when he was down in Dade County uh, on Sunday, he, he called him DeSantis. It was Saturday in Latrobe that he referred to DeSanctimonious. I'll tell you why that might have happened. A couple of things. Number one, the only threat to Trump could be DeSantis. It's not going to be Pompeo. It's not going to be, <laughs> you know, Marco Rubio or Tim Scott or any any anyone. It's not going to be anyone. And in fact, Tim Scott said he's not going to run if Trump's running. Now, he may have changed his mind on that, but that's what he did say. We have a clip to prove it. Anyway, the point, though, is this is that if you're Trump and you're looking at this, you say the only threat to him is a guy that's sort of trampling on a little bit of his turf and the toughest guy to beat. So you remember back in 2016 when he went toe-to-toe with the best debater, Ted Cruz. He went toe-to-toe with Ted Cruz. And he beat Ted Cruz because he played rough. And... That was a little rough, the sanctimonious, like, you know, and a lot of so-called, a lot of the never-Trumpers that then became MAGA supporters, like Will Chamberlain or Cernovich, they all trashed Trump for that remark. And uh, there's a lot of people out there, they're so-called MAGA supporters and America First policy oriented, oriented. They do it because it's good living for them. They don't do it because that's where their heart is. See that's the that's the, that's the difference. They were they've never been consistent about it. We here on this show and the Scott Adams show, we've been consistent since the escalator about where we stood with America First policies and where we stand against globalism. We've been very clear about that. These other people waffle and equivocate and compromise and just BS. So, number one, a lot of people, you know, who are so itching to, you know, drop Trump for a, a shinier, newer, younger version, um, aren't appreciating the fact that Donald Trump is the one that's generating the revenue. He is the one that's getting the crowds. He is the one that's putting these MAGA candidates over the top and getting them across the finish line. He's putting his money where his mouth is. That's number one. You know, he doesn't gain that much from campaigning these things. He knows that America needs good MAGA supporting America first policy candidates. And that's what he's doing. Thank goodness. Because he's the one that can do it. He's the one with the muscle. He's the one with the charisma and he can do it. But I think that the reason why he said the sanctimonious is, think about this one, and a lot of people have not mentioned this, but think about this for just one second. Just think about it. 
Now, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to think about this, too, with you. And I'm going to say that when Mar-a-Lago was raided, don't you think that the governor of that state would have gotten a tip? I mean, it is his state, right? It is his law enforcement. It is his attorney general. It is his vice uh, lieutenant governor. It is his state. He knows what the heck is going on in Florida. He's the most popular guy. You mean to tell me he couldn't have gotten the tip that Mar-a-Lago was going to be raided that day? See, you got to look at it the other way, too. Trump can actually right now kind of like tap on the nose Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis right now, and Trump knows this because he plays chess, can't hit him back. I mean, what is Ron DeSantis going to do? Take the greatest endorsement and hit back? No, he's not going to do it. So Trump figured, okay, I'm about to make an announcement. I can go ahead and push this guy back a little and let him know who's boss. And I know that he can't swing back at me because that would hurt his election chances, even though he doesn't need much help because Charlie Chris stinks. So, and DeSantis is going to win a landslide. So there is that, but he's pushing him back knowing that DeSantis is not going to hit below the, because if DeSantis wants to lose, lose his butt overnight, all he has to do is go uh, go against Trump. Nobody, and Tim Tim Scott actually knows this better. You know, he knows that it's political suicide to touch the third rail. It's political suicide to go against Trump. He knows it. And I think DeSantis needs to get that memo and realize that he has a 30-year future in the Republican Party or 20-year future in the Republican Party. If he, you know, and and the other part is one of the key factors in the race that he's been called out on is, aren't you going to be starting to campaign in a year? Why should we elect you? Because you're going to be campaigning for presidency in a year. He would be either better off doing his four years as governor and or at at the very last minute in 2024, Get, taking the VP nod and being Trump's VP. And then, you know, really doing something with border security instead of what Kamala Harris is doing. And really do do some of the fine work that Jared Kushner did in the Middle East. I mean, that would make him a great rock star. It would also prepare him with foreign policy, which is going to be his weak, uh, his weak spot, a vulnerability spot, you know, because he's not known... And it's, it's, it's really about image. It's about what you know. So Trump hit him knowing that DeSantis can hit him back, right? That's number one. And number two, DeSantis looks at Trump. If, if DeSantis did have designs on running as the, the uh, running for president, the only person standing in DeSantis's way, do you think DeSantis is going to lose to Pompeo? No. Do you think he's going to lose to anybody else but Trump? No. So the only person standing in DeSantis's way is Trump. The only person standing in Trump's way is DeSantis. The two of them could really get along greatly 
if you know DeSantis were to be Trump's VP, then DeSantis gets two terms as president. The country gets back on, on to you know what it should be. But if they, you know, this little fight is bound to happen. If you got two alpha males in the room, you're going to have a scuffle. So there's that. But I also think that there might be some things we don't know. Like, maybe it is that DeSantis knew that this raid on the Mar-a-Lago by the FBI was going to happen. Why wouldn't he know? He's the governor of the state, head of law enforcement in that state. you think he would have known something, and he didn't tell Trump? Maybe he was endorsing the idea of taking Trump out because Trump is the only obstacle in his way to the presidency. So there might be something going on that we don't know. So before you pass judgment on Trump calling Ron DeSantis to sanctimonious, think about all the different things that are going on there. I think that there's more going on there than meets the eye. And Trump flexed his muscles and let let people know who is boss. The one thing we don't want, of course, the one thing we do not want is we don't want these these uh, Democrats in office. But, you know, Megyn Kelly gave a great uh, observation on this before the sanctimonious comment, and I want you all to listen to this. The Trump DeSantis thing. Well, I just don't think anybody else could win if Trump runs. So, and I don't, I just, really? I don't so you, know. Really? So you think if they got on a stage, you, you don't think that DeSantis is, is crafty enough or the record no. stands enough to, really? Interesting. No. I don't even think that a little. Um, I think Trump sucks up all the energy in every room, no matter what. And even someone as skilled as a politician and smart policy-wise as DeSantis can't overcome that. He can't. The only way DeSantis is going to become the Republican nominee is if Trump chooses not to run and endorses him or dies. (laughs) Like, I just don't see a world in which Trump says, I want it. Let's say he says, I want it, and DeSantis beats him fair and square in the primary. You really think the hardcore MAGA is going to abandon Trump for DeSantis? They're not. I talk to them all the time. I, I take calls from them on my radio show, and they won't. They they like DeSantis, but they don't think it's his turn. They think Trump was screwed out of his last election, that he was screwed out of his first term by all the craziness, the Russia gate, and so on. And they think he's he is entitled. He deserves another shot at it. And so unless Trump gracefully and graciously says, get behind DeSantis. I, I wouldn't put any chips on DeSantis at all. That's that's really interesting. I mean, look, I, I've said many times, I'd love, love for them to work it out on the DL, have a dinner, figure out what has to be figured out and go forward. A lot of people, and I'm sort of moving on this a little bit, say that they should just get on the debate stage and do it. And, and whoever you know comes out will be sharper for it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I agree, there is a certain portion of like the base base that would rather burn everything down if, if it doesn't get to Trump. It, but it's a huge portion, Dave. It's a huge portion. Mm-hmm. Like the hardcore Trump faithful is unshakable. And they're, I've, I, again, I hear from them all the time. They're, they, they like him. They like DeSantis. But they would never cross Trump for him. And they think that DeSantis owes his political career to Trump. Like if forced to choose, they will choose Trump. So DeSantis can't take him down.
That is a really great analysis. Uh, that just in the essence of that is just so perfect, right? It's just so right there. I mean, they got that going, and uh, it's true. It is very, very true. Um, I got a clip. Uh, I got a couple of fun clips here that I wanted to play. Uh, some Democrat clips and some other things. Um, there was this one though. Uh, it was a Maloney. Oh, here's the Tim Scott clip I wanted to play. Here, thirty-five so-called servants, not leaders, for the American people. Senator, you said that President Trump is still the power in the party. Does that mean you would be willing to join his ticket? Are you going to run in 2024, or would you be uh, open to a vice presidential role in a Trump ticket? Well, I think everybody wants to be on, on, on President Trump's bandwagon, no, without any question. One of the things I've said to the president is that he gets to decide the future of our party and our country because he is still the loudest voice. What I, what I hope happens is that we rally around the principles that lead to our greatest success. Uh, I, am, I am not looking for a seat on a, a ticket at this point. I am, however, looking to be reelected in South Carolina. So my hope is that you win next Friday's football game before thinking about any other one. So that's my primary uh, responsibility. And yeah, so there it is. And what they're running against is just absolute mindlessness. Take a look. Fetterman, for example, he still thinks that abortion is the issue he wants to run on, right? Even last day, but this is just the other day, this one here. Take a listen to this. And, and he can't even make sense. You can't even make sense of what he's trying to say. I run on Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. That was it. That was the clip. He runs on Roe v. Wade. He celebrates the demise of Roe v. Wade. I don't even think he meant that. But, you know, who knows what he meant. Oh, here's the uh, this uh, Maloney guy from... Uh, New York. According to, uh, this is uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, Hudson Valley residents who are struggling to put gas in their tank and food on their table should eat Chef Boyardee. Let's take a listen to this. Um, Hudson Valley residents are feeling pain at the pump and at grocery stores. Uh, What have you done and what do you plan to do to help solve uh, our inflation problem? Yeah, well, I grew up in a family where, you know, if the, if the, gas price went up, the food budget went down. So by this time of the week, we'd be eating Chef Boyardee if, if that budget wasn't going to change, right? So that's what families have to do. Um, you have to get by. You have to eat Chef Boyardee if you can't, you know, afford anything better than that. You know, you're, it, this, is, this is the new normal for you. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is, a, this is a, a woman that uh, is complaining about crime. It's exactly what Lee Zeldin's talking about. And she is basically saying we shouldn't have to live with this. is outraged. There's no space on the planet for people like that. Um, And, you know, shame on the justice system for continuing to allow this person to walk the streets. So New York is going to heck in a handbasket. And, you know, they just want to lie to you every step of the way about... Uh, everything that they're saying, you take, uh, and and then, and then uh, you know, 
you take the oil comments, but then you take some of the Jean-Pierre comments. One of the comments that she made was um, that it's okay, it's normal to expect to have to, to wait and delay uh, for the results of the election. Let's take a listen. It took two weeks to, to call every state. In modern elections, more and more ballots are being cast in early voting and also by mail. And many states don't start counting those ballots until after the ballots, uh, after, pardon me, after the polls close on November 8th. So you heard the president say this the other night. He has been very clear on this as well. We may not know all the winners of elections for a few days. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. That's how, the, that's how this is supposed to work. And it's-, it's not the way it works in France. So, you know, you tell me. I thought computers were supposed to speed things up and make things really great. No? I mean, isn't that what it was supposed to do? Isn't that, wasn't that their promise? It turns out that uh, computers have just lent themselves to fraud. That's it. And that's, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable to me. Uh, the other issues that the Democrats are failing on are, are issues like this. Uh, the last five days in a row, we've seen massive groups of several hundred migrants crossing illegally into the same spot in Normandy, Texas. Each video here is from a different day. So there's different videos uh, of heat sinking. The only one that's doing this is is Fox News. Hey guys, good morning. Bill Malugin here in Normandy, Texas, a tiny little town on the north side of Eagle Pass. And as you can see behind me, we have another group of several hundred migrants crossing illegally here. This is the third time in the last four days we have seen this during these early morning hours. This is going to be a group of several hundred. Hola, de donde son? Okay, so this is the first little batch that has come through. We've still got a lot more people walking up. Ed, if you can pan over to the left right here. We still have several hundred more walking up, but as you can see, almost all of these people are single adults. Once they cross the river, Border Patrol escorts them into this processing area. They've only got one bus right here right now, uh, which isn't going to cut it. And most of these people, uh, they're showing up here to turn themselves in because they know they will be released into the U.S. after processing. That is why they are surrendering themselves. A lot of these countries like Cuba, Nicaragua, they are not subject to Title 42 for the most part. So they know they're not going to be expelled back to Mexico. And as you can see, you know, this is going to be pretty much a never-ending line as far as the eye can see at the moment right now. Hola, de donde son? Cuba, de donde son? Nicaragua. De donde son? Nicaragua. Hay alguien aquí que tiene familia en los Estados Unidos? Cuba. 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 All right, so as you can see, lots of Cubans, which is typically uh, what we see here in the Eagle Pass area. A lot of Cubans and Venezuelans, but the number of Venezuelans has dropped ever since DHS announced a policy to start expelling Venezuelans. So still a lot of Cubans. Yeah, they could expel them easily, right? But uh, they don't. They're doing this willingly, and they're doing it for the corporate slave labor trade. Uh, they're doing it uh, basically for corporate profit and greed. The lobbyists want these cheap workers. Nancy Pelosi's actually come clean about it. 
and is suggested, you know, who's going to work the farms. She has a vineyard, so she directly benefits from this. It's absolutely stunning. Um, here's uh, an NBC talking to uh, Hochul and basically saying people have had enough. I'm going to interrupt you then. Here's the problem. We don't feel safe. You might be working closely with Mayor Adams. You may have spent a whole lot of money, but I walk into my pharmacy and everything is on lockdown because of shoplifters. I'm not going in the subway. People don't feel safe in this town. So you may have done these things, but right now we're not feeling good. We're worried we could be San Francisco. (laughs) And here's another interesting clip. In this election, election, we will see if Republicans can, again, take advantage of a vote-counting delay they created to assert election fraud. So here's something interesting. You've heard of this thing called uh, a red, um, a, a red uh, not a red tsunami or red wave. Can I just say, part of the reason that we have such a slow vote count in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, for that matter, is because Republican legislators have done everything in their power to stop what is known as Mm pre-canvassing, which is basically the processing of the ballots, opening up, checking up, checking the addresses against what's on file, not actually counting the ballots. And that's because they take advantage. They've effectively weaponized that delay in counting votes to assert election fraud. We should not lose sight of the reason it's taking a long time. The red mirage is, is there. That, that was the word, red mirage. Okay, so there's this thing trending, red mirage, right? Red mirage, and this is what they're doing. They're making this up out of whole cloth. We need to, when we take back the House and Senate, which hopefully we will take back both chambers, we need to change our election. Uh, we need to get rid of mail-in balloting. I think it's been a total disaster. Um, I think it's been a disaster for the Republican Party because the Democrats have a pension to cheat. And France has already been out, on, out, out with it. And Democrats have, too, in the past. Their strategy. Exactly. You know, from the January 6th committee. Nicole, how much faith do you have in our ability as a country to be patient None. with these elections? None. None. No, but you don't. But, but, I, I think but, I had less faith in our, our ability to be patient in 2020. I feel like there has been well, some. Public I mean, let education. me let me answer it differently. I think half the country, the one that still trusts our democracy, the one that believes that elections are sacred. And I would add Liz Cheney to those numbers. Yeah, well, you know, that's the same person. Listen to that now. That's the same person that trusted their social media until Elon Musk took over, right? And then all now all of a sudden they don't trust social media anymore. And Whoopi Goldberg with her 1.6 million stepped down and uh, Kathy Gr- Griffin got banned because she was using Elon Musk's name as a blue check. You can't do that. But um, And then they got another problem. Let's take a listen to Chuck Todd on Meet the Press this weekend. And here's, the, to me, the number you probably ought to care about the most in this poll. The state of the U.S. economy. 81% tell us they're dissatisfied. This is the second highest number we've ever recorded. The last time it was this high was just before the 2010 election. So Obama's 2010. Uh, now we're at 2022, um, and it's Biden. And they are, they are basically responsible for the lowest ratings, approval ratings, ever. So that should tell you everything you want to know there, too. Let's take a listen to this clip. 
We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. So it says here, White House clarifies Biden's coal remarks after outrage from Manchin. President Biden drew backlash from Senator Manchin, a fellow Democrat, for saying that an energy transition would mean shutting down coal, coal plants. So we just wanted to be very clear uh, so on that, gets explained. Uh, which is why we uh, put out a statement. It seemed like there was uh, uh, some confusion uh, on that. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, I want to say this. It was, some of you were there. It was uh, it was loud and, and hard uh, to hear. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. I think, or maybe not uh, exactly what... Uh, what uh, what was being said, but I currently don't want to get into punditry from here and and why we did it or do it uh, or you know paid you know, or do it did it on TV. But I spoke to to this over the weekend. The president's words we believe were twisted. Twisted, yeah, right. Okay, let's see. No more drilling. No more there drilling. There is no more. It's drilling. not twisted, folks. I haven't formed any new. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in the Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. I guarantee you. We're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. pipeline infrastructure? Yes. And, exactly. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. And then the Biden family, of course, is invested in electric uh, vehicles and battery manufacturing. Uh, they did that illegally as well. Here, here in 2019, here's Joe Biden. Anybody who can go down 300 to 3,000 feet in the mine, sure and hell can learn how to program as well. Give me a break. Anybody who can throw coal into a furnace can learn how to program, for God's sake. Any- so learn to code, right? Well, that's what we're telling the people, the folks over at Twitter. What's happening as a result of this is in New York, and like I say, yesterday, a friend uh, 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 my friend of mine never voted uh, Republican uh, in her life for any candidate, and she voted for Lee Zeldin in New York. Um, Let's take a listen to this. My wife, Shawnee, and I are long-life Democrats, especially Shawnee. But this year, there is no choice. We must support Lee Zeldin. There it is. So, you know, this is happening all over the place. This is this is very, very uh, important. Now, I have um, a few other uh, clips that I want to get to. Um, hmm. Going to try to find the ones that uh, make the most sense in terms of the time we have left. The UN, for example... Again, the Democrats answer to the globalists. So the U.N. Secretary General will say and do anything to control you and regulate your businesses. This is how desperate they sound. Listen to how desperate they sound. This U.N. Climate Conference is a reminder that the answer is in our hands. And the clock is ticking. We are in the fight of our lives and we are losing. Greenhouse gas emissions keep growing. 
global temperatures keep rising and our planet is fast approaching tipping points that's a total that will lie. make climate chaos irreversible we are on a highway to climate hell with our foot still on the accelerator so that is if you were to take that emotion and apply it to uh, something else, you would basically be hearing, um, you would basically be hearing an emergency. We cannot afford to lose more socialists in power. But let's take a listen to what Democrats said about electric voting machines in the past. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Our researchers have repeatedly de- demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines. Right. Which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. That's Ted Lieu, Kamala Harris, you know, the the biggest liberals of them all. Right. And so what do you say to that? You know, what do you say to that? That's just uh, um, we know all that. Why are we still using these machines? We win every election without fraud. That's what we do. Um, The stuff that's going on in uh, Brazil right now. The military is getting involved. Um, They're going to have an audit. um, And then they're going to ban your ability to protest their election uh, at all costs. It's it's sad. We're seeing the same thing in Brazil that we saw in 2020. Um, Be sure to check out our sponsors. Uh, Genesis Gold uh, is where you can turn your IRA into gold and silver without penalty. Uh, You can dial 1-800-385. 4653 or 1-800-385-GOLD. You can just dial that and support our sponsors. Also, visit tacticalcivics.com. Find out how you can take back your country locally. Visit magapac.org to see what we're doing to advance America First policies to make America great again. And make a donation if you can. And then also, if you go to mypillow.com and help out Mike Lindell, you can use Red State as your promo code. And with that, uh, you're listening to The Scott Adams Show. We'll see you next time on the radio. Go out and vote today. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there